Now, Connect FM Sports puts every play under review with Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. March means baseball returns. We'll talk to Penn State Dubois head coach Tom Clary live in studio about the upcoming season. Speaking of baseball, Andrew McCutcheon is back in Pittsburgh. So will it matter? Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette joins us from spring training in Bradenton, Florida to break down our buckos. The Penguins are suddenly good again. Will it last and what changes may be coming to the roster with the trade deadline less than 48 hours away? I'm Bob Anderson. And I'm Dave Herzen. Stay tuned as we discuss these topics and more as we go. Under review on Connect FM, your only local news radio. Good evening again, sports fans, and welcome back to Under Review Sports Talk. Before we get into the sports talk for the week, just a couple of quick public service announcements. First, we're playing shorthanded tonight. Dave Glass is out of the lineup, but will rejoin us again next week. Second, I hear somebody celebrated a birthday yesterday. That would be our fellow <laughs> colleague here, Dave Herzing. Happy birthday, D. Thank you very much. It was a wonderful birthday. Uh, celebrated with family and friends, so appreciate the sentiment, Bob. Yeah, do you know you share a birthday with Mike Sullivan? I don't, yeah. actually. I saw it on the Facebook page yesterday. Mike Sullivan turned 55. All right. That's, I wonder if he got Blackstone accessories for his birthday. <laughs> that's what I got for my yep. wife, so they were nice. awesome. Yeah. All right, great. Well, with that aside, we did call in the bullpen tonight. Uh, we have a, a guest with us in studio for our first segment. We are welcoming in Penn State's own Dubois head coach, Tom Caleri. Tom, thanks for being with us tonight. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me. It's a... Uh... It's an honor when Bob got a hold of me to come in, so I appreciate it. Sure thing. Um, so I was looking ahead at the schedule. Looks like you guys are ready to get underway. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what can we what can we expect from the team this year? Um, well, I like to get that question a lot because of of our success, but I think uh, right now the injury bug has got a hold of us pretty good. So we may not uh, start as. Um, out of the gate as like we usually do, um, but we're trying to get healthy at the moment, which is kind of odd that you try to get healthy at the beginning of the year. You think you'd be healthy then, but uh, unfortunately, just timing. Um, we have some guys banged up. I played a lot of inner squads. Um, just some some accidents have happened, and um, so unfortunately, I have a lot of key players injured. But hopefully, we can uh, manipulate our way through that and uh, get through the season, and soon enough, be healthy to put a quality product on the field. Well, aside from all the injuries, Tom, how have the inter-squad games been going? Are you seeing uh, some real bright, bright spots? I know you have a young squad. You, 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 I was reading about your pitching staff. You're excited about those young arms. Tell us about them. Yeah, so uh, obviously the weather dictates what you can do on the field in February. So You've been uh, lucky in that regard. We yeah. were. It's unbelievable. We, we've played five games, and we could have pushed up some regular season games early, but we decided not to do that. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been excellent to get guys on the field. Uh, so I guess a double-edged sword in a way. We got a couple guys banged up during those inner squads. But yeah, the young pitching has been an excellent. Uh, you know, we came into the World Series last year as the number one seed, and I thought that was probably the weakest part of our our team last year. But this year, with we have some really really good young arms uh, coming in, and uh, super excited to mix those in with some veteran guys. 
uh, like Taylor Boland, who started off the year as our staff ace, was undefeated in the um, you know conference last year at eight and zero, and um, you know he's he's ready for the challenge. And we got some really good young arms, local arms too. Uh, two kids from West Branch, Zach Terracorda. Owen Graham, a Christian Hop, who his dad grew up in Dubois. Brian Hop, yeah, was an outstanding player yeah, here in he Dubois. Was. So his son is now with us, but he's one of the guys that bang that's banged up a little bit, and but he's really good. So hopefully we can get him healthy here within the next month. Um, a couple kids from um, District Six area, Center County, and, and and a kid from Dubois, Austin Mitchell, who will give us some quality innings on the mound. So it's nice to have local guys as well. I was reading here you came on in 2016, right? So yes. the program restarted yeah. in 2016. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, since that time, you guys have made six consecutive um, small college World Series yep. championships, right? Well, we've we've gone to six straight World Series. The first two years we had, uh, well, I won't say we had a lot of good players, but we had some good players, and we still made it. Um, and they, you know, we our, our program's about the culture, and we have a great culture, and we have great people first. And so we were able to uh, qualify for the World Series the first two years in the Adirondacks in New York, finished fifth both years, and then we came back and won it the next three years. Um, introduced the Herm Saplesio to the chairman of the World Series, told him to come down and check out our facilities, and uh, Herm kicked in the door from there. So I just cracked it, and Herm kicked it in, and you know it brings a lot of um, revenue into the community. And you know that was our goal to to unite the community with our program, and I think we've done a good job at that. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I've gone to so many of the games locally. I, a lot of my friends and family attend the games as well. There's, there's a lot of excitement surrounding your baseball team, but also when the World Series is here in Dubois, you get to see a lot of different kids from a lot of different areas that you otherwise wouldn't see. The exposure for Dubois nationally is unbelievable. I mean, our facilities were featured on a Major League Baseball commercial. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with you. I mean, and what you're building over there at Penn State Dubois, I know a lot of people, um, You, I, I take my son over to one of the local hitting facilities, and I see your kids in there working out all the time. I see kids, your kids, giving instruction to younger kids in this area. And again, you mentioned here a second ago about the culture, culture of people. Mm-hmm. That speaks volumes to what you're building here in Dubois. I don't know if you could speak to that. Yeah, so um, I, appreciate, I appreciate the kind words, I really do, but it's just not about me. It's about... You know, guys like Mike Nesbitt and uh, our players, most importantly, past and present. Um, you know, T.J. Gornati, uh, Brandon Orsich, Dan Stoffer, Thane Morgan, Zane Morgan, Garrett Brown, um, Jeff Gasberry, all the people, Amanda Roseman, who does a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, Ken Nellis, who's our AD. So it's not me. It's just a, it's a community of people. that. But we specifically try to find a specific style of kid. You know, it takes a special kid to come to a small community and, and play here um you know we play division two division three teams when we face a kid throwing 94 last year people i guess in our community just don't really understand that this is a legitimate college program that they can go they can't just go anywhere in the country to see i mean this is you know we're nationally known now and you know i get offers all the time to be on national broadcasts and talk about our program I just on baseball blue book which is a national podcast and talk about our program and our community but the kids specifically, we try to find in, in this area is ingrained with great moral values. Uh, they have to understand culture and it's a rural area. They're not going to have all the bells and whistles, so to speak. Um, but it's a specific kid that's willing to give back to the community. Uh, it's a specific kid that's willing to compete. 
um, and, and be willing to learn and be coachable. Um, and just we try to find quality people, and, and they usually weed themselves out pretty quick because um, with our leadership council and, and myself, um, the, the individualistic culture of society, uh, unfortunately, is trying to interweave its way into sports. And uh, those those people get exposed and they're eliminated pretty quickly in our program. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I'll tell you, you and I could talk about that at length, about what's going on in youth, at the youth sports level. Yeah. But go ahead, Bob. Well, uh, we're with Tom Caleri, head coach of the Penn State Dubois baseball team here on Under Review. So, Tom, I did listen to that interview on Baseball Blue Book Prospects or the, the podcast. That yeah. was an awesome listen. Thank uh, you. Listeners out there, that's, that's a, great, uh, uh, a great resource for you. So you talked about culture, and I read a quote that, um, that you had. It says, quote, as the leader, I have to make people responsible for the little things. A lot of it can be overlooked, and people will say, it's not a big deal that he was not wearing his belt at practice. <laughs> not this guy. Can you talk a little bit about those? Yeah, so there's details? a <laughs> So we have a slogan in our program that the, the little things equal the standard. So... Um, the little things in our program specifically that Bob's talking about is we had a kid uh, transferred in from a JUCO school and he didn't wear his belt to practice. So I sent him home and he didn't understand. Like he was pretty upset about it, didn't understand, was talking to our leadership council about it. And they told him they, and, they, and they said, hey, if you can't do the little things here, you're not going to survive. So my message always to them is if you can't do the little things in life, if you can't open a door for someone, if you can't show up on time for work, if you can't do every little thing it takes to be a better father, to be a better husband, you're not going to survive. So my job is really just not only to teach them ground balls and how to hit, but it's really to teach them how to be a better human being first um, and be a responsible human being. And Bob knows this firsthand dealing with kids on a everyday basis that we, we I think that's ingrained in our soul a little bit. So they get the message real quick that that little stuff, I can't rely on you in a, in a pressure situation in, in the World Series. There's a reason why we won three in a row, because that little stuff matters. And one other story, Joey DiPietro, who's now a state police officer. So if you're listening, Joey, don't arrest me. Uh, <laughs> played first for, for four years, and, and Joey was a World Series MVP and a super great kid. Love him to death. But Joey was dealing with, with an injury all year, with a thumb injury, and he just played through it. And he popped up, and he was our World Series MVP, and he walked the first base. And it didn't matter to me. I benched him, took him out of the game, benched him, and we were in the, we were in the conference tournament. So I had to send a message to everybody. It don't matter how good you are. If you're not going to do the things the right way, then you know, you know, you're held accountable. Uh, that's, that's fantastic to hear. I, you know, and again, that just speaks volumes. You're, you're a winning coach, you're built, you, you've, you have a winning program, and you're going to continue to do those things. And you're bringing in the type of kids that you know, are going to obviously buy into that culture. And that's a rare thing. And again, you, like you said, your leadership council will weed them out, which is a pretty phenomenal thing. Yeah, they do. They do. In fact, Joey, Joey helped me weed one out one day. <laughs> he told a kid not to return to practice. And I said, Joey, I appreciate it, but uh, that's kind of my job. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the kid it wasn't being a very good um, role model in our community. And, and our guys don't appreciate that because, you know, perception is everybody's own reality. And um, sometimes perception is reality for most people. And we want to have a good... Uh, you know, we want to have a good following, good reputation in the community. And I think we've done that to this point. And, and hopefully our guys can continue to do that. Well, we got just a couple minutes left here with head coach Tom Caleri from Penn State Dubois baseball team. 
Tom, uh, your passion exudes, you know, in this interview. And I know with your, with your, um, baseball philosophy and just what, what fueled that with your love for baseball and for coaching? Um, probably too long of an answer for two minutes, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> no, nah, I just always been that way when I was a kid. Um, you know, just a love for the game, passion for the game. Uh, but I, I truly have a competitive spirit, which you guys are competitive athletes as well still to this day. I know you guys are still involved in sports, but um, always had a passion to to help people along with being a competitor. And um, I always thought baseball was the best opportunity to teach people how to deal with ups and downs and in life. There's no greater sport because it, you, you deal with failure every single day. And in life, you fail almost all the time. I mean, ask my wife, she tells me that all the time, but, uh, but no, there's a lot of failure in baseball and we, we try to, we try to use those things as, as platforms to as learning, teaching moments to, to help kids. And, you know, I, I learned that from, from a very young age and I got to thank my parents for that too. They, they're, they're great to be, you know, instill that in me. Awesome stuff. Well, Tom, listen, hey, uh, we can't thank you enough for, for coming on the show tonight. Um, anyone, if you're listening out there, youth, kid, youth, older people, these are words to live by right here. This this guy's a winner. He's a proven winner. Um, appreciate it if you'd come out and watch Penn State Dubois baseball. I know you'll see me there with my son and my father. It's one of our favorite things to do in the spring. I'd be great if you'd come support these guys. We greatly appreciate you guys having me on. And if anybody brings their sons to the game or daughters, they want to step out in the field for the national anthem, they're always welcome to stand next to their favorite player. We always encourage that because, like I said, we want to unite the, the community with our program, and I think we can do that. Well, we hope to see you back at the World Series Championship in May. And like Dave said, we thank you a lot for coming in, Tom. I appreciate it. Hopefully we can uh, get healed up and get there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, stay with us. We'll try to uh, – Keep you healthy in here. <laughs> we got a, a segment coming up here on the Penguins. They're suddenly good again. We'll uh, we'll discuss here on Under Review Sports Talk after these messages. Gain a fresh perspective on investing with national and local award-winning guardian planners. Listen to Sound Money Management Tuesday mornings at 835 featuring Chuck Johnson. Check out Chuck and Onyx at guardianplanners.com. Ness and Associates, insurance and investments. At Ness and Associates Insurance, we are a growing team of agents to help you with all your insurance needs. We have 10 agents in various specialties. We have commercial insurance for business, health insurance for business and individuals, and of course, all of our agents can assist anyone with home and auto. We're not just an 800 number that you call. We're local, know our customers, and work with them and their individual needs. Stop by their Dubois office today or call Ness and Associates Insurance at 371-6750. Hi, this is Gordon Deal. Thursday on This Morning, America's First News, President Biden's job of managing China is getting tougher after the latest intelligence assessments about the origins of COVID. Anger over stonewalling by Beijing is adding to an already tense relationship. Plus, millions will soon have to begin repaying student debt. We'll have tips on how to prepare and what it takes to make a major career change. Thursday on This Morning. America's First News. Because news matters now more than ever. 99.7-96.7 Connect FM. 9,997. No, no, Suppose no. Thomas Edison had given up. 9,998. 
But his failures only led him to the next idea. 9,999? Picture Times Square, dim, Las mm. Vegas, dark, your home, black. Picture no electric light. 10,000! Come on, come on! <laughs> Optimism. Pass it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Scattered thunderstorms likely tonight, otherwise cloudy skies expected. Lows around 43, south winds 5 to 10 miles per hour. Partly cloudy tomorrow, slight chance for scattered rain showers, daytime highs approaching 51. 29 tomorrow night, overcast. About an inch of snow Friday through Friday night. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Currently, it's 65. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Hey, that was a great discussion with Coach Tom Clary. We told him we're going to have to have him in again here in a little bit to give us a little progress check on the season but we're going to switch gears here and talk a little bit about the penguins um last week the it looked like they had hit rock bottom um but mr hyde turned into mr jekyll here for the penguins lo and behold they're good again a week ago uh they got blown out to edmonton seven to two on home ice and the crowd was chanting fire hextall since then they come back they won a game in st louis on saturday in overtime Thumped the lightning at home on Sunday and then won a game last night, 3-1 to one in Nashville. So, uh, Dave, are you feeling any better about the Penguins' fortunes? I, this team is something else. It, it's I text a certain group of people when I'm watching the game. Obviously, you, you and I will text with Dave. This is a strange team. It's very, very hard to put your finger on them. Um, they're back in the playoff picture. Right now, if you look at their remaining schedule, they have 22 games left. Out of those 22, game, 22 games, there's 10 teams that are well out of the playoff picture. So they should win maybe seven of those games. There's a real chance that they could catch the Rangers. They play the Rangers three times in the remaining 22 games. So those games are going to be as big as any games they've had in recent memory. To get that sixth seed and get out of that wild card, that's going to be huge for this team. Well, it's going to be harder to catch the Rangers now after they uh, yeah. picked up Patrick Kane yes. here. That's a big deal. Uh, I think Tristan Jari showed his worth, especially last night. Um, he kind of kept the team in it, especially in the first period there. I felt they were struggling a little bit. Um, and like you said, they're they're so up and down, even within games at times. I mean, Chris Letang had an egregious turnover on that first goal against. But then Crosby bailed him out. A, minute, yeah. a, a few minutes later, came back and scored, and Zucker got the game winner. Uh, the team could look noticeably different by Friday afternoon. We still have, we have less than 48 hours till the trade deadline. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen was claimed off waivers, you know, freed up a little bit of room. Um, so with that wiggle room that they have, uh, did your thoughts change? Uh, do you think they should go out and try to make a deal? Yeah, I think they do. I mean, the waiver clearing those guys out is really going to help this team as far as salary cap space. Um, Chikrin is the guy that everybody's after. I think he'd be great with Latang. If you look at his contract, it's favorable. He's got two more years left on his contract. It's a $4.6 million cap hit. Um, they want two first round picks, which 
you know, if I'm the Penguins, I guess for someone like that, that you're going to, he's not just going to be a rental. I think that'd be a good thing. Uh, the guy's got a big shot. He's a good character guy. Uh, reading about him though, he's injury prone. He's, he's not a guy that plays you know full season, so that's a big concern for this team. Uh, a couple of other trade prospects that you and I have talked about, J.T. Miller and Brock Besser. Yeah, I want nothing to do with J.T. Miller. He's, he's not the type of guy this team needs right now. I think Besser would look a lot better in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, a year ago, uh, J.T. Miller, I would have loved to have signed him, but you know, Jim Rutherford gave him an eight-year contract that hasn't <sighs> even kicked in yet. It'll kick in after this season. Uh, and he's going to make $8 million, and he's already, I think, 29 years old. So you're looking at the guy, but he's going to be 37. I love the player, and I love his snarl. I'd take him. I just don't like the contract that comes with him. Yeah, and, and I heard he's not a very well-liked player out there right now. I mean, when he he was yelling at Colin Delia, it, it, it was a towards the end of the game, I don't remember. It was actually on NHL Network a lot of – I mean, there were they showed it a bunch of times. But he's screaming at his goaltender, breaks his stick, telling him to get off the ice. That's not someone you want on your team to, to make a run you know, for the playoffs. The, ty- the types of teams that Pittsburgh's had that have been successful in the playoffs are teams that gel. That's what they need right now. And I think when you read about Besser, he's a guy that would fit into that mold. So I think that – for me, and again, his contract's more favorable. It's $6.6 million. They got two years left for him as well, and he's only 26 years old. Yeah, I was reading that. So um, let's 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 kind of you know dive in here. Would you rather have a forward that can maybe help you know move guys down and bail out that third line a little bit, or would you rather see them bolster the the top four defense? Bolster the top four defense. I mean, you. Anyone who's listening that that gives a rip about the Penguins knows that they put the whistles away in the playoffs. Defense matters far more than offense. You always seem to see the stars get shut down it, it, in a lot of these series because they just, these guys just get clobbered. You know, a lot of the goals in, in the playoffs are fluky goals. I'd rather see a top pairing, you know, and and take some of that burden off Latang. Bring a bring a guy in there that's a banger, can shoot from the blue line. He's good on a power play. I'd rather see a defensive pairing with Latang as opposed to adding more offense. Yeah, I agree with you there. I'm I'm all for Jacob Ch- Chikrin. Um, like you said, he has a pretty good contract. Two first rounders doesn't sound that bad compared to what some of these teams are giving up for some of these players. When I read that, I I thought I I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't make a lot of sense when you look at what's been going on so far at this trade deadline. I, if I was Hextall, I would do it. This might be a move that could potentially, you know, not to be knee jerk, but it could save his job. I mean, because he's made some really poor decisions thus far. Yeah. So I think this could be something that could get him back in the good graces. And again, it's a favorable situation either way. He's not going. He's not bringing in players that are going to really hurt this team. Yeah, I'm not for a rental. No, uh, absolutely not. I don't want to give up a first rounder for a rental. Not where this team stands right now. But if you tell me you can have a good top pairing defenseman for two first rounders, I'll take that because the hit rate on first rounders in the NHL is not very good, especially after you're, you know, you're outside the top 10. So, uh, the arms race is on in the Eastern conference here. You know, these guys are getting, these teams are getting better. Like we said about the Rangers with Patrick Kane, the devils picked up Timo Meyer. Um, do you, how do you feel about the, the prospects in the East though? I mean, aside from the penguins, who do you think is the team to beat? 
I mean, they've just proven it all year. It's it's an easy. I think it's Boston. They're just they just roll. You know how that Presidents Cup, you know, uh, it's curse a curse. Is on, though. It's a curse. And I I'm I'm not a, a not a Bruins fan. I, I just the eyeball test when you watch them, they just look different than every other team in the NHL right now. And they, I mean, they are a matchup nightmare nightmare. Excuse me, at all levels, they're just right now they're going to be very difficult to bounce. Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, if you look at that team, they're solid all around. Um, and I really think that Dmitry Orlov is already fitting in really well. I, I see he has four points in two games for them. So they're going to be really tough. But I am excited to watch Kane in New York with Panarin on the same line. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch that team. Too. Oh, a couple su- superstars, Hall of Famers on that line. It's, it, it's great for hockey, too. You know, when the original six teams are playing well, it's it's a good thing. And when the Rangers and the Bruins are playing well, it's good for the sport. Um, but it, it would be nice to see the Penguins sneak in there and and bounce the Rangers down and get them in that wild card spot. Yeah, and I will say that Penguins got a little bit of help last night because Columbus beat <laughs> Buffalo. Uh, and um, there's some other teams. Washington's selling right yeah. now. So it seems like the teams below them are, are struggling a little bit and they've opened the window there for the fans. Yeah. And again, I mentioned their remaining schedule. Uh, if you, I looked online, the analytics say it's the 19th or 23rd easiest schedule remaining in the NHL, depending on which site you looked at. So they, they have some games they could win. If they could win, you know, get points in 16 out of the remaining 22 games, they're going to be in very good shape. Uh, speaking of in good shape, it's uh, the Pirates are always in good shape this time of year till the season gets going. But we're going to talk to Jason Mackey from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette here uh, after we listen to a segment with Dan Kennard and the, and the local sports uh, scene. We'll be back on the line with Jason Mackey. So stay with us here on Under Review Sports Talk Radio. Coldwell Banker Develop Pack Realty is proud to sponsor the 2023 Junior and Senior Scholastic Challenges at Penn State Du Bois with teams throughout the area competing. Good luck to all the students who are participating and thank you to Carol Foltz, who has proudly organized this community event for over 30 years. Visit our website, developpack.com, for all your real estate needs. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-631-8191. 800-631-8191. That's 800-631-8191. Right now, someone around you is at risk of an overdose. It might not be today, but when it happens, you can be ready to save their life. Naloxone is a medication that reverses opioid overdose. Available without a prescription at your local pharmacy. It's simple to use, easy to carry, and safe to administer. And it works in minutes. 
Learn more about naloxone and naloxone training at pa.gov slash opioids. Because it might be today that you save a life. Paid for with Pennsylvania taxpayer dollars. Hi, I'm Dan Kennard, and this is the Connect FM Local Youth Sports Beat. Well, the District 9 basketball playoffs are in full swing. Let's get you caught up to date. Coming up tonight, it's the semifinal round in the Class 1A Boys Division. The number one seeded Crusaders of Elk County Catholic will be going against the fifth seed, Cameron County. And the number two seeded Cardinals of Dubois Central Catholic are going up against sixth seeded Union. And those games tonight will be played at St. Mary's High School. The championship game for class single-way boys is going to be Saturday at Penn West Clarion's Tippin Gymnasium. The third and fourth place consolation game is going to be played Friday night. Moving to class double-A boys, the semifinal round is tonight. Otto Eldred the top-seeded team in AA is going to face the fourth-seeded Elkers of Ridgeway. That game will be played at Penn West Clarion's Tippin Gymnasium, and it's number two-seeded Clarion Limestone going against Carn City. That is also a game that will be played at Tippin Gymnasium tonight. The championship game for Class AA boys will be Saturday, and the third-place game is going to be played Friday night. For the AAA boys, the sub-regional semifinals last Friday, Brookville downed Perry Traditional Academy 46-37. The Raiders now getting ready to play the District 5 champion, that's Bedford, and that game is tomorrow at Winbur High School. Both teams are going to advance into the PIAA playoffs. For the Class 4A boys, St. Mary's beat Punxsutawney 41-31 in the semifinal round. That sets up a championship game Friday night. It's going to feature the top-seeded Bison of Clearfield against the St. Mary's Flying Dutch. The game will be played at Penn West Clarion's Tippin Gymnasium. All right, last night it was the Class 5A boys sub-regional playoff game featuring the Dubois Beavers against Obama Academy out of District 8. And the Beavers came out winners 44-37 to over Obama Academy. Dubois outscoring Obama 15-4 in the fourth quarter to notch that win. It sets up a championship game between Dubois and Cathedral Prep. That's coming up Friday night, and both teams are going to advance to the PIAA playoffs. Now let's move to girls' District 9 basketball playoffs in the class single-A girls. Last night, it was Otto Eldred, the top-seeded team, defeating Dubois Central Catholic, the Lady Cardinals. The score was 61-40. to In the other game, number two-seeded Elk County Catholic upended three-seed North Clarion 51-31. Both those games were played at Kane High School. So the championship game is going to feature number one and two, Otto Eldred and Elk County Catholic. That game is going to be played Saturday at Penn West Clarion's Tippin Gymnasium. And in the third and fourth place game, it's Dubois Central Catholic facing North Clarion. That game will be played Friday night. In Class 4A girls, St. Mary's beat Clearfield 46-25 in the semifinal game. So the championship game, which is Friday night, is going to feature the top-seeded Lady Chucks of Punxsutawney against St. Mary's at Penn West Clarion. For Class 5A girls, coming up tonight, Dubois, the Lady Beavers, will face Cathedral Prep. That game will be played in Erie. 
The winner will be facing Obama Academy on Saturday for the championship. Now let's go to wrestling. Dubois and Punxsutawney wrestlers participated in the 3A District Wrestling Tournament in Altoona last weekend. Brendan Orr of Dubois had a second-place finish in the 133-pound weight class. The Beavers' Zach Gallagher finished third at 285. Dubois had a 13th-place finish in the team standings. Punxsutawney was 11th in team standings. At the District 9 Class 2A tournament in Clarion last weekend, Brockway, Brookville, Clearfield, and St. Mary's each had two district champions. Brockway Rovers champs were Weston Pisarchik at 114 pounds and his brother Parker Pisarchik at 133 pounds. First place finishers for Brookville included Cole Householder at 127 pounds, and Jordan Zimmerman at 189. Clearfield claimed titles at 121 pounds by Evan Davis and 139 pounds by Brady Collins. And for St. Mary's, it was Jaden Wheeler at 145 pounds, Waylon Wheeler at 172 with the first place finishes. In the team standings at the AA tournament, Clearfield was in first place, followed by St. Mary's in second. Brookville was number four, Brockway number five, Kerwinsville at number 7 and Ridgeway was 16th in the team standings. The state wrestling championships will be in Hershey March 9th through 11th. That's the Connect FM local youth sports beat. Now let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. It's time to talk Pirates baseball. Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joins us live from Bradenton, Florida. Thanks for joining us, Jason. How are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, how are you guys? Oh, we're great. Doing it's great. a pleasure to have you on. It's about 60, 65 degrees here in central Pennsylvania, but probably not as nice as Florida right now. <laughs> so Yeah, we're pretty lucky down here. It's been great. Yeah, that's a nice perk of the job. So let me ask you this, Jason. You, you've been watching the spring training down there. Uh, what's standing out to you so far? Well, a few things. I wrote about O'Neill Cruz today. I don't know if that's something that's going to necessarily surprise people, but He's looked really good. Um, I've liked his sort of defensive consistency, moving his feet a lot. Uh, we know he can hit with power. We know he can run. We saw that today against the Tigers. That's been really good. But I, I can't wait to see what he does once the regular season starts. Johan Oviedo has actually stood out to me, and today it didn't track with how he pitched. Uh, he attacked the zone, and they attacked him. Didn't work out too terribly well. Um, the new guys have been really good for them, too. Austin Hedges, Rich Hill. Um, obviously Andrew McCutcheon, there's no doubt there, but um, Carlos Santana, some of the veterans they brought in, they've been extremely impactful. I think they're going to be really good players for the Pirates, but it's been neat to watch those guys mentor some of the young players as well. And the last thing I'd probably point to is just the amount of young talent that the Pirates have. You know, I was watching Andy Rodriguez play first base today. Uh, Henry Davis has been notable. Um, Travis Swaggerty had a three-run homer, an absolute blast today. Kanan Smith and Jigba's been having some good at-bats. So some of the younger guys uh, that they're counting on to do some good things have shown up. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, now, this guy isn't a younger guy, but he's somebody that we know very well. Andrew McCutcheon, his wife, is actually from Dubois, where we're at. Um, 
and I'm sure everybody's excited about, you know, him coming back. But let me ask you this is, is this a move that's meant to just appease the fans and bring, you know, people to the ballpark? Or do you think that he can still play and be a solid contributor? I really do think he can still play. Absolutely. Um, now, is there some element of appeasing the fans, and this is what fans want, and this is going to be good for them? Sure. Absolutely. I think I, I don't know how you could ignore that, but I don't think the Pirates would make this move that they didn't think Andrew could contribute. And everything that I've seen shows me that I think Andrew can contribute. Um, I think they need to be cognizant of not running his wheels off. Like, you know, we're a week into spring training or whatever, and I'm watching him walk around with a, a big ice pack on his left knee. Like, you know, that doesn't raise any alarms for me. He's a veteran player who's, you know, handling that stuff, and that's fine. Uh, but, you know, I'm just saying they need to be cognizant of it. They will. But I, I really like what he's going to be for younger players. I like what, you know, another year of having DH'd and learning that. I think that's going to be good for them. He's made some swing changes I wrote about recently, um, trying to dial his swing back to a little bit more like what it looked like in 13, 14, 15. He's a little bit more stable, seeing the ball better. Um, his setup's differently different, but yeah, I no, I absolutely think Kutch can be a contributor on this team. Oh, that's great to hear. Um, speaking of Kutch, what do you think that outfield's going to look like? Uh, I know a lot of fans are curious. There's a lot of moving pieces going on with the Reynolds situation. I don't know if you could, you know, expound upon that as to you know maybe anything new and exciting you've heard about the Brian Reynolds contract situation, but also, you know, what are your thoughts of who's going to be starting on opening day? Yeah, no doubt. Um, opening day, I would look at probably Sawinski in center, Reynolds in left, and Kutch in right. That's the easy part. Uh, I think that's the alignment that they prefer, especially at PNC Park, what Reynolds offers them. He's a really good defensive left fielder. I think he's a little bit overexposed as a center fielder. But um, as far as the Reynolds contract situation, which is certainly the juicier topic there, um, you know, what I understand is that the Pirates are going to re-engage conversations with him. I think they they have sort of been in damage control mode uh, based on how Bob Nutting came down here and has sort of understood things to be. I don't think he understood fully how put off Reynolds was by how the Pirates negotiated with him. So I think what they're trying to do is basically like, let's get back on good terms. Let's walk before we run. And, you know, let's try to go for a run at some point here soon. So I, like, I do think in, in, in you know, the, been off of that analogy like i do think they're going to start exchanging numbers soon that hasn't happened when we talked to reynolds a couple days ago uh, but I, they want to keep him. they really do and i'm not just blowing smoke i mean are they going to keep him at a number that works for him i don't know um, i don't have a great feel for like how far down reynolds would come down um, i feel pretty confident that the pirates would up their current offer into a middle ground you know like 107 is a pretty good midpoint I think the Pirates would be comfortable getting there. I just don't know if Reynolds would be comfortable signing that. Well, that, that's and again along those lines, do you think it makes sense to to sign him to a long term deal? And also, what are the play? I mean, if, if you're down there talking to the players every single day, what are their thoughts about the Reynolds contract situation? I think they should get it done. I think they need to get it done asap, and I would absolutely sign it. Um, I would have no hesitancy. If you really were worried about that seventh year, maybe the eighth year, I, I, I'd probably go for six and a hundred. Honestly, I think that accomplishes what you want it to accomplish. Um, you're buying out some of those free agent years. I think you're sending a message to your fan base, and I think the Pirates need to be uh, like aware of that. I don't think they need to do just you know do business the way their fans would do business. They'd probably run themselves into the ground, but. 
you know, you, you were telling people that we're different. We're functioning different. Um, people like me, I have the benefit of seeing it a lot. I, I see how differently this organization or this regime operates than the last one. But fans don't see that. And you can't bring every single fan behind the curtain and show them, you know, how they're handling pitchers and technology and, and explaining things like, you know, spin rate or using cameras or whatever differently to better develop players. But you're going to tell them, look, we're, we're, we're sending a message here. We're keeping our best players. And Reynolds, I mean, clearly there's no bigger fish there. So, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense, and I don't think that's an exorbitant ask. That's what he is. That's what he should be paid. Jason Mackey is our guest right now from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and we're talking Pirates baseball. As frustrating as it can be sometimes to be a Pirates fan, um, I do feel like Ben Sherrington has done a good job as the general manager. He's playing the cards that he's been dealt, and he's stockpiled a lot of prospects. Um, you know, it's been a rough few seasons here, but where do you see them at, Jason, right now in the big picture rebuild? Are, are we getting closer to being a team that can contend? I see that, yeah. Um, I, I agree with you on the uh, sentiment of fr- fan frustration. I deal with that most every day. Um, but and I, and I get it. It's not to criticize fans or anything like that. I would be frustrated if I was a fan, too. Um, I do see them getting better. I see next year as a 74-76 to 76 win season, somewhere in that range, mid-70s. To me, that represents progress. Um, how much progress? I think it depends a little bit on how they do it. If they jump out to a really hot start and they're just not able to sustain it, maybe they make some calculated trades and bring back guys. Um, and then keep some other guys as well, and you're seeing some young guys improve, like that's that's a best-case scenario for them. I don't see them as a playoff team next year, but they theoretically should tease and show, like, look, this, this is it. This is what we have. This is what we've been waiting for. Like, you know, fans saw with Ronzi Contreras and O'Neill Cruz, like, this is what the organization was getting at, this young talent, and they break through, and they're really good, and you're like, all right, we're going to get excited about that. That should happen a lot more. This season, I would think, you know, you see Henry Davis, Andy Rodriguez, Malcolm Nunez is a kid that I really like, big first base prospect. You know, you're going to see some first rounders, um, you know, maybe Quinn Priester this year. Mike Burroughs isn't a first rounder, but he's really good. Nick Gonzalez, you'd hope he'd be up there. So you're going to start to see these prospects come up and affect things. So, yeah, I, I see the Pirates as a team that should take a step forward, should take several steps forward this year, and then in 2024 should be legitimately competitive. Yeah, it just seems like the one weakness of the team, maybe even in the prospect pool, is this is the starting pitching. Do you agree with that? And and how do you see the roster, um, you know, the rotation stacking up this year? I don't know. I don't know if I agree with it or not. I I, I would push back against the narrative that they don't have any. Um, I think that's an overly critical idea. Do they have enough? I don't know if any organization ever has enough. Um, I'd like to see them have more. Sure. And I think they have guys at certain levels, like, you know, I go down through their system, or, or maybe we'll go up through the system, like look at Bubba Chandler, Anthony Salamedo, um, and Jared Jones, or two or three you know, really good arms that have a little bit more development to do, but have electric stuff, and I think can really be something. You give me, you know, I don't think Johan Oviedo is anywhere near what he can be. I think he's clo- you know, closer this year. Luis Ortiz, Mike Burroughs, Quinn Priester. It's pretty darn good arms there. Um, That's so I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see it as like the rest of talent. I wish there was more. I think I'd always wish there was more, um, but you know, somewhere in the middle. All right, well, who gets the bump on opening day? 
Um, I, I would have to say Mitch Keller. I don't know how at this point you don't go with Mitch. Um, you know, I, I, what I'd probably do, and I don't know if this is what they're going to do, I think Mitch deserves the opening day start, though. Go Mitch opening day, give Rich Hill a start in Boston, because I think that would matter to him, and then give Rowanzi the ball for the home opener. Okay. Well, uh, on a totally different line of thought, um, I know you'd mentioned, and Bob had mentioned as well, fan frustration, uh, the AT&T Sportsnet stuff that's going on with the television rights. Why should fans care about that? How will that affect the average Pirate fan? Well, it might not. It might, it might not. I mean, it's an interesting, juicy story. I don't think we've seen a lot of stuff like this happen to where rights are yeah, the Pirates television contract, I've heard, pegged at $40 million, $48 million, and $60, $60 million a year. Um, I think we can safely say it's maybe an average of those three numbers. That's a lot of money coming into the team. Um, now, does that mean the Pirates are just going to lose out on that money? No. It's going to be funneled a different way. If AT&T Sportsnet goes under, you're going to see Major League Baseball handle the broadcasts in-house. I can't speak as much to what the NHL is going to do. I would imagine it's similar, but I've honestly not spent a moment of time thinking about it. Now, I do know a decent amount of what MLB is going to do, and that is to, again, bring broadcasts in-house. They're going to look basically the same for the fans. Uh, The overall production, the camera crew, producers, directors, talent, a lot of that stuff will remain. Um, Obviously, there won't be the AT&T Sports logo and branding, but advertising on that channel will then go to Major League Baseball. So Major League Baseball is basically going to look at these RSNs, is going to help fund them and produce them and put them out there, probably through a streaming package. I don't know if it'll be in the cable bundle or not. I don't think they know. I think they'd like it to be. But you can basically go to MLB TV or whatever and buy things per game, per month, per season, or whatever to pay to watch your favorite team. And in-market blackout restrictions will be gone, and MLB is going to try to make a bunch of money off the advertising of these games which I think is a smart business concept, frankly. There's a lot of money to be made there for the league, and so you're going to redistribute that giant pot of money. Um, I don't know if that's going to be based on you know, market size or anything like that. I would suspect it would. Um, but you know, it, it's basically a total reorganization of how TV funding is handled. Well, thanks, Jason. we got about a minute left. Let me ask you one last question here. Uh, aside from McCutcheon coming in this offseason and, and you know, Sherrington was busy, what addition do you see as having the biggest impact on the field for the team? I'm going to go with two, Carlos Santana and Austin Hedges. Um, it's, it, I, I've, I've watched them every single day down here. Santana doesn't let O'Neill Cruz or Rodolfo Castro get too far from the site. Always looking after him. He's such a good veteran for these guys. And then Austin Hedges with the catchers and also working with the pitching staff, dude doesn't shut up. He's a super positive person, really, really fun Given pitchers great feedback. Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez absolutely love the guy. Those are my two picks. Great. He'll be an awesome mentor for those young guys then. Jason, we really appreciate you hopping on here with us. Um, Dave wants to say goodbye too. Yeah, hey, uh, Jason, do you have anything you'd like to promote before we go? Uh, sure. You can check out our stuff, post-gazette.com. I'm on Twitter, at jmackeypg. Uh, and, yeah, that's basically it. All right. All right. We'll be in touch again. We hope to have you on again. Thanks, Jason. All right, guys. Thank you, Jason. Why are doctors so smart? Because they were such good pupils. 
children with vision problems struggle with academics, socially, and in sports. Dr. Shaw at Main Street Eye Care in Dubois wants your student to go to school with all the right tools, and that includes great vision. Make a comprehensive eye examination a priority this year. It's one of the single most important investments you can make in your child's education and overall health. Schools offer basic vision screenings that often create a false sense of security. Schedule your appointment. Call or log in to MainStreetEyeCare.com. With Connect FM Local News, I'm Dan Kennard reporting. Here's what's happening. It will cost you more to swim in the Dubois City Pool this summer. Rates were raised for the first time in four years during Monday's Dubois City Council meeting. 2023 season passes purchased before Memorial Day will cost $175 for a family, $125 for a single adult, $100 for youth, and $75 for seniors. If you are having cell phone service issues in Pine Township, Clearfield County, you are not alone. Due to growing concerns and frustrations, the Pine Township supervisors are working with the Clearfield County Commissioners to find ways that cell service can be improved in the area. Officials are currently developing a survey which would pinpoint the areas in the township where cell service is lacking or non-existent. It is not known when the survey will be conducted. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Scattered thunderstorms likely tonight, otherwise cloudy skies expected. Lows around 43, south winds 5 to 10 miles per hour. Partly cloudy tomorrow, slight chance for scattered rain showers, daytime highs approaching 51. 29 tomorrow night, overcast. About an inch of snow Friday through Friday night. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Currently, it's 65. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson and Dave Glass. Well, that was a lot of fun talking baseball with Jason Mackey. He's got a lot to tell us about, um, and we'll have him on again in the future. So we... uh, we, we come to our under review segment. This is a segment where we pick out any sports story and surprise the, uh, the our co-hosts here with uh, just whatever's on our mind here, whatever caught our eye. And so I thought that I would um, talk a little bit about baseball today, Dave. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. There are three rule changes coming in 2023, and I didn't get a chance to ask Jason or Tom about them, but I'll ask you instead. So Twitter was a buzz over the weekend with the, uh, the new pitch clock. And the way it works is the timer is set to 15 seconds if the bases are empty, and then it jumps to 20 seconds if there's a runner on base. And then there's 30 seconds between batters. Uh, proponents say it'll reduce the length of games, which have averaged over three hours you know, in the past uh, you know, few seasons and hopefully drop that down at least a half an hour or so. Um, purists, though, say that, you know, they don't like it. So what do you think, Dave? Do you, do you like the, uh, the, the new pitch clock? Um, yes and no. It's funny. You mentioned Tom off the air. I was, I was asking Tom's opinion about what he thought the new rules changes are. And he had mentioned about how he was able to control the tempo of games before the rules changes were implemented. He said he can no longer do that because of the limitations placed on him by the the clock. Uh, several big league managers had said something very similar. You listen to MLB radio. There's going to be an adjustment period. A lot of these guys are professionals though. I think some of the things that 
are, are there are meant for player safety, increasing the size of the bases from 15 inches to 18 inches. That was another rule change. Yep. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good thing. I think that will increase stolen bases. Stolen bases is kind of a lost art. Right. You don't see teams doing that much anymore. I think it's good for the fans to see guys stealing bases. When I was a child watching baseball, you had Ricky Henderson and Vince Coleman, guys like that, just running all over the base pads. You don't see that anymore. Yeah, it's funny because you wouldn't think that a few inches would make a big difference with you know stealing bases. Now, they tried this in the minors, apparently. And um, base, let me see, that stolen bases increased uh, attempts went up by 10% from 2.23 attempts per game to 2.81 attempts per game. So I think that that'll make, you know, for a little more excitement on the, on the bases. Uh, one more, um, role change. We got the larger bases, the, the, uh, pitch clock, and then a restriction on the shift. So the league is now requiring two infielders on each side of the second baseline before a pitch is thrown. And uh, all in all the infielders, all four have to have their feet within the boundaries of the infield when the pitcher is on the rubber. So what do you think of that rule too? I absolutely love it. Um, you know, you, you watch baseball over the last few years and some of these dead pool hitters, it's like their careers. You could just see drying up before your eyes because these guys, they, they had them right where they wanted them. I think it, 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 the game itself, these purists cry foul for wanting things to be the way they were right when the game, the game was a fast paced game years ago and there was no shift, right? I mean, that did happen occasionally, but not to the extent that we saw it. And the analytics have, have improved baseball, but they've somewhat ruined baseball. So getting back to the the game as it's meant to be played, having a shortstop and a third baseman where they're supposed to be and a first baseman and a second baseman where they're supposed to be. I think that's really going to be good for the game. Uh, it's, it's funny. I took my son to a game here a couple years ago when the shift was implemented and he was learning baseball. He didn't even know what was going on. He, he didn't understand why the third baseman was standing where he was and the shortstop was standing in the outfield. So I had to explain that to him. So now it's going to be a much more traditional way of looking at looking at the diamond. Uh, yeah, so um, this segment's always a fun segment for, for Bob and I and when Dave's here as well. We like to try and surprise each other. And I know Bob and Dave really aren't big NBA guys. So I always try and get my NBA mention in here. Hey, you, you had me betting a game last week. So uh, well, thanks hey, for that. There we go. Um, the one thing I'd like to, I'd like to talk about that would be under review for me is uh, the, again, I brought it up before and I'll bring it up again is load management. Uh, they've been talking about load management on every major sports network for the past couple of weeks. Um, and I, I don't want to beat a dead horse. I didn't have a lot of time to talk about it before, but Charles Barkley, who's always somebody who's not afraid to share his opinion whatsoever. He came right out and said, these guys are making exorbitant amounts of money, 30, $40 million contracts. These guys are sitting like tonight, the Lakers play Anthony Davis is sitting out again, you know, back to back games because of load management. Again, Bob, I didn't really get to talk to you the extent that I wanted to talk to you about it. What do you think about load management? I mean, what is a casual NBA fan? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I can see both sides of it. I mean, the NBA season's pretty long too, right? How many games do they play? It's 82 games. Oh, so it's like the NHL. Yeah. So that's a long season. I'm sure some of these teams are already locked into a playoff yeah. spot. So again, to me, it comes down to the regular seasons are just too long. Yeah. Um, and, and I understand why the coaches want to do it. If the league doesn't like it, they need to implement some sort of penalty um, because really the coaches are looking out for the team. The league needs to look out for its product. 
And so to me, it's on the league to change it, not so much on the coaches. Well, it, it's funny. And listeners, thank you for listening out there. I got a lot of really good feedback about bringing up the NBA. So that's why I chose to bring it up again. And this is a real hot topic in sports. This is something that a lot of people are talking about on all the major networks. And we'd like to bring it to you here on the air. Um, I, I honestly feel very strongly about this it's one of those things that needs to change to, to grow the fan base. When kids go to see these players, they need to actually be able to see the players. There should be no reason whatsoever why these players should be sitting out to the extent that they do. And they don't even feign an injury. No, yeah. no, not at all. A lot of these guys just sit out. I mean, they call Anthony Davis street clothes for goodness sake. So, I mean, there's a Twitter account called street clothes and it's about Anthony Davis. So it's, it's kind of crazy how this has really changed the, the public opinion about the NBA players and, and, and the relative toughness. All right. Well, uh, we have one last segment. We're going to get lost here in just uh, another minute. So hang with us here on under review. Wise Eyes of Dubois and St. Mary's are premier eye care facilities here in our Tri-County area. Their offices and eye care team are dedicated to providing excellence in patient care, eye education, and optical services. Dr. Greg Lineski is a leader in clinical eye care involving eye and vision disorders. Dr. Lineski takes the time to explain the results of your eye exam, describes your options, and listens to your eye care needs because maintaining good eye health is an ongoing partnership. At Wise Eyes of Dubois and St. Mary's, visit wiseeyesoptical.com to learn more. Play Clover Patch Match, the new scratch-off game from the Pennsylvania Lottery, offering 10 top prizes of $1,700. Pick up the game and play today. Benefits older Pennsylvanians every day. You must be 18 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. And listen weekdays in March to Dan Kenner during your morning connection. Weekdays from 7 to 9 for your cue to call and your chance to win on 99.7 and 96.7 Connect FM. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-298-5783. 800-298-5783. That's 800-298-5783. Now let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson and Dave Glass. All right, everyone, this is, we're getting to our final segment here. This is my personal fav- favorite segment, hashtag get lost. Bob, what's your hashtag get lost for this week? Well, first, I'd like to give a shout out to one of our listeners who had a get lost, and that would be Summer Anderson, who I know fairly well. She said, get lost fighting in hockey. She said, it's overdone and no other sports condone it. If you want to fight, watch boxing or WWE. There we go. Well, Dave isn't here to be upset about the WWE, so we'll talk about that at a later date. Uh, A couple hashtag get lost for me. Hashtag get lost stadium naming rights. Who cares about these stadium naming? I mean, nobody even knows what stadium teams play in anymore. 
And the other one is hashtag get lost. The length of the schedule for all of these sports shorten these schedules up. It would make the sports so much more interesting. Yeah, how about get lost to spectators fighting in the stands? I love sports, but what could possibly be so infuriating that you're willing to fight and you know throw down, <laughs> throw down with these fans in the stands? I don't get it. Absolutely. Well, on that note, we're going to hashtag get lost and get out of here. I'd like to thank you for listening. Yeah, and don't forget to like us on Facebook. We're under review. Next week, we'll come back. We'll have a lot to talk about the NFL Combines this week. I'm sure we'll get back into the Penguin talk and some baseball, and Dave will undoubtedly bring up the NBA again. So thank you all for listening. Have a great night, and we'll see you next week.